Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this my? I'm supposed to say hello. You should say hello now. Hello. Genuinely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm puzzling over you? something someone said in the chat. We'll have to have more info about. Oh, uh, okay. I'm, okay. I'm good. I've got two of my kids are already home for Christmas. Both my girls are here. Yeah. And so that's good they've been wrapping presents today i love it nice it's people who sit down at the table and say if you have any presents to wrap i could do that now <laughs> i can't run fast what? enough to get them <laughs> please that's awesome right yeah so glad so anyway uh yeah it's good how are you uh, I am as well very good. No one here to wa- to wrap my presents. Although most of our wrapping, we uh, we don't wrap anymore. We put things in reusable grocery bags, and that's so much faster. And then everybody mm-hmm. gets a reusable bag, and it doesn't create more trash. So I love that. But mm-hmm. we bought our doing it bought, right. Right, it works out so great. But we we bought them from our grocery store the other day. And every one of them had a security tag on it. We bought 25 bags mm-hmm. and that poor checker had to take a security tag off every <gasps> single bag. It took forever. You're like, that's like, cool. We right. have three hours. It's no big deal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Apparently people must, you know, steal them, try to use them and say they already bought them, that kind of thing. But yeah. It was oh yeah. That tracks. You know, Christy and I both worked at Kmart when we were in high school and in college. In and the 90s. so we are frighteningly aware of things people steal and how they steal them. Yes, so true. If you have, mm-hmm. if you've worked retail around the holidays, you learn some stuff about humanity, and most of it not flattering. No, Mm-mm. people used to stuff small items in their babies' diapers to sneak them out the door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not awful. Or I worked layaway at Christmas time mm. and had to go through every single pocket of every piece of clothing, every uh, purse, anything, because mm-hmm. people would shove jewelry and things in pockets to try to get it through their um, into their layaway without paying for all of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and they'd stand there. What do you think I'm trying to steal? I don't know. Where did this necklace come from? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, they're like, oh, I didn't put that in there. I don't want that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I get yelled mm -hmm. at. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you were really She's doing the Lord's grateful. work working in layaway because, oh my God. You guys, I would not that wish that on my Special kind of hell. Mm. And you know, back in the 90s, Kmart layaway was a big thing that people did for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so it was a huge job. And we are talking mm -hmm. orange screen computers, dot matrix printers that took forever. Like it was... The tech was low tech. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was quite a job. I'm, I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, Jane said she worked at Macy's formerly known as Bamberger's men's sweaters and shirts. Ah, ah there you go. Oh, no. Well, yes. Yeah. Major in Texas too. Yeah. That was a real, th you know, that was back in the blue light special days. Remember, you know, Back when Kmart was a big deal. Oh, yep. Jean misses the blue light special. Yeah. That's <laughs> yep, correct. Yep. Jane, mm -hmm. yeah. Remembers layaway the good old days. Oh, yeah. It was a big deal. Well, the other thing that would really suck is people didn't stay up on their payments. And then they'd come in to pick up their layaway. And their entire order had been put back out on the shelf because they didn't pick up, keep up on their payments. And, oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Not happy campers. People would lose their shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to say, I'm real happy to be a podcaster at the holidays <laughs> and not work in retail. Let's just say that. Amen to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he's like, now stores are like, here's a credit card. Ruin your finances. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Everybody has a credit card. Everyone mm -hmm. has a credit card. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, thank you. Um, I, I don't need a credit card for every single store I go in. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Danielle well, did it too. She worked at JCPenney over Christmas a few times. Oh, oh, many Lord. years. She said, oh, Lordy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We've all got battle scars, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, they got their money back. There was usually a service fee, like a $15 service fee. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, they got their money back. Yeah. Yeah, but then they would have to go, you know, hope that their items they wanted to buy were uh, weren't already purchased by somebody else. They'd have to go mm -hmm. back out on the shelves because everything was back out. Yeah. Well, and if they bought if you know, maybe they put it on layaway when it was on sale and it's not on sale now. And oh, dear yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. But we've got big news tonight. Yeah, it we do. Is our Wednesday night case updates. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start with, you know it. Everybody's favorite resting toad face, Chad Daybell. Because uh -huh. guess who still faces the death penalty, according to Judge Boyce? Chad Daybell. Chad the F. Judge Daybell. said hell to the no to the request <laughs> to take the death penalty off of the table. Very interesting, because this was this was an interesting argument on the part of the defense. Mm -hmm. It was an interesting argument on the part of the prosecutor. It, it was all this was really interesting stuff, because here's here's what um, the the uh, defense said. Lori manipulated Chad through emotional and sexual control, and Chad was not going to act without Lori saying so. Is yep. what Pryor said in his motion. Uh, mm -hmm. Per the state's own presentation of evidence, the arguments in the trial of Lori Vallow, Mr. Daybell has lesser culpability than his co-defendant who did not face the death penalty. Mm -hmm. That was very questionable, how you could mm -hmm. actually 
say that, right? So here's some of what the judge said. I'm not going to, it's like eight pages. We're not going to read the whole thing. Here's one of the things he said. Daybell is asking this court to preempt the maximum potential penalty of death before a trial jury has undertaken any deliberation about his guilt of the crimes charged or heard any evidence whatsoever. It is a jury of one's peers, not a judge who recommends the imposition of the death penalty for individuals first charged and then duly convicted of crimes eligible for capital punishment in Idaho. He also said to make a pre-trial determination about whether Daybell is more, less, or equally culpable to Vallow, who has now been convicted of all charges brought by the state of Idaho, would require the court to invade the province of the jury and make a premature determination about what the facts of Daybell's case, not Vallow's case, are. Mm -hmm. So... He is going to trial with the death penalty attached. I thought that was a very interesting point that it is up to the jury if he gets yeah. the death penalty or not. You know, occasionally he infuriates me, but I love Judge Voice. I do. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. For the very most part, I am down with him. I just, he is, he takes his time. He is incredibly detail oriented and to stick into the law as it's written mm -hmm. and not falling for Pryor's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Because why would he? But, but you know, some judges might, honestly, that are just, right. that are more hasty, but he is not, boy. He does his homework. Yeah, he, he, he won't does. speak until he knows what he's talking about. I appreciate mm -hmm. that a lot. Yeah. I, I do too. I, I appreciate that a lot. Especially this, interesting, like rogue judges like Judge Goal in the Delphi case and stuff right. like that. Just Boy, doing whatever the hell they want. For Boyce. Yeah. Boyce is very careful to make sure that he is not creating any situations that um, could create appeals. Yes. I think. I think he's yeah. very aware. Mm -hmm. So, but here's this is the big question now because we've been saying this for a while. If they drop the death penalty, then there would be no reason for Chad to take a plea deal at this point yeah. and would go to trial for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, knowing he's going to trial with the death penalty attached, are we going to see any attempt at a plea? Yeah. And we know there have been some attempts or some discussion had around it. We What we have heard um, is that those discussions um, have not really gone anywhere because the defense has had really unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. and that the prosecution will not do anything but take the death penalty off yeah. the table for a plea. Yeah. Why would they? They're guilty to everything and we'll take the death penalty off the table and you'll mm -hmm. go to prison forever like Lori. I mean, I'm sure mm -hmm. that's where it sits. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. But yeah, they're coming in wanting the moon. Well, yeah. you could have only gotten anything close to that had you rolled on Lori in the first place, but you didn't. Yeah. They have offered a plea. Well, there's been a conversation about a plea. Yeah. There's been a conversation that, that we're aware of, probably multiple conversations um, that we are aware of. So ultimately the, the, the defense can say, Hey, we'd be open to a plea, but no plea can happen unless the prosecutor's office actually offers it. Mm -hmm. And they are not required to do that. They could no. say, we'll go to trial. However, we also know, 
that uh, fiscally, this trial is going to be extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. It's going to re-traumatize everybody who was already mm -hmm. seriously traumatized by these crimes and by Lori's trial. Mm -hmm. And so there is a benefit. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like there is a benefit that the, that the, that the state may see mm -hmm. in offering to take the death penalty off the table if he'll plead guilty to all charges. Absolutely. And, and if he'll do that, they will do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think they will too. So far but, they are, that's not where they're at. No, there's, there's, a, there's a great deal of arrogance on the part of um, John Pryor, but I, I'm wondering if he's got a little bit of a dent in his ego because all of these things that he has put forth um, as far as, you know, the way that the, tried to limit how the prosecution can present their case against him. Now all of this around the death penalty, uh, he's been shot down on all of it. Uh -huh. And so it does make you wonder, okay, how, how much of a hit is this to his strategy, his defense uh -huh. strategy? Because, you know, the defense strategy is, well, Lori did it and she made me do it and uh -huh. manipulated me into it. And I didn't mean to do any of it, except we all know that's just utter bullshit these kids mm. bodies were found on his property his wife was killed in his bed yeah so you can't just say that he's not as culpable when there's actually more forensic evidence against chad than there is against Lori. yeah right uh it won't change his attorney at all to, uh, no um here's the thing about prior prior is not death penalty certified but prior is privately hired which means that Chad can hire whoever he wants. Uh -huh. If he were to be declared indigent and need the state to pay for his attorney, the state would require two attorneys and at least one of them death penalty certified uh -huh. in order to try this case. But Chad can choose whoever he wants and he's choosing Pryor. There seem to be a couple of other attorneys working in the background with Pryor as well. Uh -huh. um, but we don't know who they are necessarily. Um, but yeah, the, it, this doesn't change anything as far as his attorney. The only thing that no. would is if he said, okay, I can't afford to pay my attorney anymore. I need, uh, and I think, you know, at this point, he's pretty much past the time. Locked him with prior. Well, it would be a disaster because then there would have to be another enormous delay for the new yeah. attorneys to get up to speed. It would be awful. Yeah. I'd be real surprised if the judge would even go for it. I think at some point we're past the point of no return. You know, you're in, you're in. He, he will be. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, this yeah. trial is set to start in a little more than three months. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. But Hey, death penalty is still attached. So there's, that's what we know. Well, Merry Christmas, Chad. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Enjoy your hot pockets. Yes. Speaking of, well, jackasses and Idaho cases, why don't you tell us about Major John Kaler? Yep. So we knew last week this was coming, that Major John Kaler was going to plead guilty. Now recall, this is the man in Kellogg, Idaho, who over the summer, his, uh, they got new downstairs neighbors in their apartment complex. His mm -hmm. wife and children were playing on the trampoline in the backyard, and they claim that a teenage boy in the house exposed himself to them through his bedroom window. And there was a big to-do with that family. The police were called. Uh, no charges were filed at that point. 
And then the following week, they were outside playing out back again. And supposedly it did happen again. Allegedly it happened again. Mm-hmm. And so the wife called her husband, uh, Major John, and it was a major of nothing. Just know that. That's literally That's just, just his, his name. name. Major John is his name. Yep. One word. That they, uh, he came home and completely lost his shit and shot and killed the mother and the grandfather in the backyard and then uh, stormed into the home and shot and killed both teenage boys. Uh, the son that was Absolutely 18 horrific. that was accused of exposing himself and then the teenage or the brother that was 16. It yes. was insane. It was a horrible, horrible thing. People in Idaho were acting like he was some kind of a hero because he was defending his family. Bullshit. In his own bedroom. Okay. Right. There was no immediate threat to anyone except for the poor people he murdered. But it had looked like from his docket a couple of months or about a month ago that there was a mediation uh, scheduled that made us think that maybe there was a plea coming. He has now pled guilty. He pled down to four counts of second degree murder versus four counts of first degree murder, which doesn't surprise me because they, uh, never put the death penalty on the table in the first degree murder cases. So I'm not surprised at all that they did that. So Mm -hmm. sentencing will be uh, forthcoming here in a month or two. And that's where it's at. So he actually had his hearing and did plead guilty uh, to those charges earlier this week. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he cried, guys. He cried and cried. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, uh, who I cry for are his poor children. Yeah. The shit that he has done to his kids is horrific. Maureen says somebody's mic is choppy. Will you tell us which one of us it is? Um, I saw that. I just double-checked my connections. I'm not sure. I'm going to check my settings, too. It's just just hideous. The whole thing is Mm -hmm. so terrible. And it's, you know, resulted in the destruction of both of these families. Yeah. Yep. So Merry Christmas to his poor little family, his wife and his little children. Yeah. Because he Right, Jessica, he cried for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Because he did not have enough discipline to not murder four people. Here we are. He's clearly a very dangerous human. (laughs) Totally. He's exactly where he needs to be. So I would imagine he is in forever, you know, but yeah, we'll I, see I what sentencing brings. I have felt the whole time like they were kind of treating this with kid gloves because, uh, yes, because there was an alleged sex crime. Except that exposure, although yeah. not a great thing, is not the same as a child being assaulted. And but they acted like it was. People they, acted like they did. this kid was out there raping his children or something, and that's why this happened. And, and Far that wasn't from the case it. at all. And and you know, ultimately they knew this was a risk, and yet they still had their kids outside around that kid's bedroom window after it had help, happened once. Mm-hmm. Like what's with these people, you know? Yeah. 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 
Um, you know, Gene, um, historically, uh, it has proven been proven pretty clearly that the death penalty does not deter crime. Yeah. Because no. the death penalty takes decades to carry out, literal mm -hmm. decades. And so if it were, you know, in, in times past when, you know, hangings or firing squads were happened immediately after someone was found guilty, that was one thing. Um, yeah. But that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think the death penalty is moot. I think it's mm -hmm. time to stop it. Indeed. Yeah. It, it costs... It costs our state and federal governments so much money. Mm -hmm. And for what purpose? Yeah. You know? Also, I, I want to think that we live in a society that doesn't penalize people because we're seeking revenge, but because we're protecting the community. Yeah. You know? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, it would save states an enormous amount of money to take the death penalty out because of all the appeals that are mm -hmm. entitled and the amount of attorneys that people are entitled to on the dime of the state, it would save the, the state a ton of money. It would, it would. And maybe that money could go into, Oh, I don't know. Crime prevention, possibly anyone. What? Like, into the void here. Yes. <laughs> we have no crime prevention, <laughs> you know, and I know I am screaming into the void, but it's, you know, we put so much money into after the fact, and practically nothing into preventing things in the big, in the first place. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so oh. a lot of love to that family. Mm -hmm. Those that are yep. left after that. And honestly, to Major John Kaler's family, too. Oh, for sure. I mean, what he did was so reactionary and selfish. Well, and it sounds like the wife and the, and the children might have witnessed the beginning of this. Yeah. And then she got them upstairs. But it they... Or, but still, they would have heard the gunshots and the screaming, and like they were, they have to be horribly traumatized by this. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh, no kidding. Kev. Kev says, man, I grew up listening to the electric chair deaths being aired on live radio. Mm -hmm. That's Florida. Whew. Yeah. Likes. Yeah. Just wild. Mm -hmm. Well, Speaking of, we have no prevention. Mm -hmm. We have um, a very sad update in the Jeremy Best case. Yeah. The Jeremy Best case, of course, is a local case to us here in Idaho, but it's pretty much all over the world now, all over the country now, I think. Because, you know, Idaho loves to be famous for horrible shit like this. But um, Jeremy Best is the man who was arrested while um, wandering around in a store naked in 30 degree weather a couple of weeks ago, um, was taken by the police. The police came, took him into custody, sent him to the hospital where he was evaluated and released. And he went home and murdered his pregnant wife, killing their unborn baby. And he was found the next day with his deceased 10 month old baby, uh, his name was Zeke. Yeah. We now know that Zeke um, was murdered by his father by having his throat slit. Uh -huh. And so Jeremy Best is now charged with three counts of first degree murder. Although his case is actually stayed currently because they're seeking competency on him. Uh -huh. And a family member has already been appointed conservator in his case. I wonder if they will also be con 
appointed guardian in this case, because this man has lost the ability to um, maintain rational thought. Yeah. It's a, it's a horrifically sad oh. case. And uh, we've been waiting. They, they hadn't charged him with the little boy's death because they were trying to determine two things, cause of death and location of death. Because right. the, it was Teton County where the mother and unborn baby were killed, but they were located, he was located with the toddler's body in um, Bonneville County, which is the county where I live. But they've yeah. determined now that all the whole case, all three deaths will be uh, prosecuted yeah. in Teton County. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Jane, that, that is what, um, you know, most people are thinking is that he was having a psychotic episode yeah. of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, Jeremy was not okay. There were a lot of balls dropped mm-hmm. in the police and the hospital. You know, we're waiting to see, but we expect that there will be some lawsuits in this situation mm-hmm. because our, our own system that is meant to prevent tragedies like this by being able to hold someone who's having a mental health crisis like this and is not safe, uh, completely failed. Yep. And he was released back to his wife who he then killed. So awful, just awful. We found this out yesterday. I haven't even wanted to talk about it. That's why we did a funny episode for today because it's just horrific. Uh Um, But it is, I hate to talk about cases like this, but at the same time we need to because Uh we need to understand what our structure is for preventing situations like this and how it's being used in our communities. Obviously not very well in ours. But mm-hmm. every state has a process for holding an adult when they are not safe. Mm-hmm. But it does mean that the people, the police and medical, you know, me- medical staff have to be willing to do the paperwork and put in the time to uh, make a hold like that happen. Mm-hmm. So if they don't, sometimes it can result in really terrible tragedy. Yep. Yeah. So big, big fail in our area right now. A big fail. This one really rocked this area. Yeah, it it really has. Yeah. Really sad. And with that, Katie, what else have you got? I can't even think of what else. Well, I have everyone's favorite con man. And I'm not talking about George Santos. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Give us a um, smile for a moment. I'm talking about Nicholas Aliverdian, uh, has appealed his extradition to the United States, and oh no, he lost. Poor Nick. Guess what? He's leaving on a jet plane. <laughs> or am I going to get in trouble for bullying him, just like the uh, the other inmates in that Scottish jail did? <laughs> I I would think so. Well, here's what the judges said. It was a three-judge panel. The court concludes that there is no merit in any of the appellant's arguments. The court said that Aliverdian, known in Scotland by his former surname, Nicholas Rossi, did not, nor does he now, produce anything that would suggest grounds for appeal. The conspiracy theories which he tendered in explanation were properly rejected. Thank God. You know, the biggest conspiracy theory of all, of course, was that while he was unconscious, uh, 
on a respirator with COVID that the hospital staff placed tattoos on his body that matched those of fugitive Nicholas Rossi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most nurses I know are skilled tattoo artists. Right. You yes. Know? That's, they're, yeah. Especially ICU nurses. They don't have enough yes. to do. Well, no. <laughs> No, God, no. So, of course, uh, you know, he still claims to be an orphan. How convenient from Ireland. Mm -hmm. He's just innocent as all get out and has never even been to the United States, even though his tattoos and fingerprints and face Mm -hmm. match those of Nicholas Alaverdian and or Nicholas Rossi from the U.S. who is wanted for sexual assault in Utah on a few different uh, accounts. So, sorry about it, but you are coming back, dum-dum. Yes. Yeah, Ashley, don't they teach tattooing in nursing schools? I mean, I thought all the nurses were great tattoo artists. That is so (laughs) ridiculous. I can't believe they even went to court with that. Like, really? And also... He's chilling in a wheelchair and on oxygen, and multiple doctors now have said there is nothing wrong with this person. Nothing. He can walk. He can breathe. There is no reason for any of this. But he is putting on quite the show. Oh, he is. He is. He also a converted grifter. to Judaism so that he could start claiming that uh, everyone was just being anti-Semitic against him. So right. How yes. Incredibly nasty to do to the Jew- Jewish community. He's just the actual worst in every way. He is. And, and, and you know, actually, he's kind of grown up Mormon adjacent in Utah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, he was Mormon. Coming, yeah. Yeah, he You're was coming, Mormon. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Com- I, 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 it's hard to keep track of what's real and what is, you know. <laughs> no, he was Other Mormon. He was going to BYU bullshit. when that's he right. uh, did the, the sexual assaults that he is uh, wanted for in Utah. Mm-hmm. He was a, a BYU student. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Utah's getting him back and they are ready for him. And so are we. We're going to try to go attend uh, his a hearing or two while he's here, you know, while mm-hmm. he's in Utah. We'll see. I don't know if we'll be able to see his arraignment. It will depend on, you know, how open they are about when he arrives in Utah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and if you, didn't know, if you didn't know the story about leaving on a jet plane at one point, he complained to the judge in his case that he was being bullied in jail because they were singing that song to him while he was while he was being uh, because the application to uh, extradite him had been made. And so other in- mm-hmm. inmates were singing leaving on a jet plane to him. And mm-hmm. it turns out they were right. So <laughs> his attorney was using that to try to make the case for him to get bail. We cannot possibly leave him in these inhumane conditions, Your Honor. They are teasing him. <laughs> they are singing songs right at him. <laughs> songs that are actually true. <laughs> so, so ridiculous. It's been a long road. We've been reporting on Nick now for two years. And uh, yeah. guess who's, because it was uh, December. It was season. a Christmas time when this first happened, when he was first caught. So That's right. I'm just real ready for some actual justice to be happening for him because he has managed to drag this out for two years, mm-hmm. but he's got, he's got charges in more than one state in the U S mm-hmm. he's also uh, got charges in London. Mm-hmm. Like it, this dude, the criminal justice system is just getting started with old Nick Alaverde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He might as well get comfy. Yeah. 
-hmm. Well, let me tell you somebody else who might as well get comfy. And that is, do you remember the first grader, the six-year-old boy who brought a gun to school and shot his teacher in the stomach? Remember when that happened? Yep. Well, his mother, Deja Taylor, um, is going to do two years in prison for child neglect over that situation. Uh, she was sentenced on Friday to five years behind bars with three years suspended. Um, she will also face, after her prison sentence of two years, she will face two more years of supervised probation, which will include substance abuse treatment, parenting classes, and mental health treatment. Because if you can imagine it, she had a pistol mm -hmm. and ammunition in a place that her six-year-old child could get hold of it and take it to school and shoot his teacher in the stomach. Yep. Yeah. So uh, it, it's a it's a very it's a very sad outcome that this ever even had to happen Horrifying. in the first place. Yeah. Thank God the teacher lived. She's suing mm -hmm. the school district because they knew that kid had a gun. They knew several times that day that that kid had a gun. Did not search him. Did not protect her. And she ended up being shot. She was a first-year teacher right out of school. Well, and they also knew lot. how dangerous this kid was. He'd been in and out yes. of the school because of behaviors and behaviors of his parents. This was the first day. He's, he'd had to have a parent with him every day because of his behavior. This was the first day that they were giving it a try for him to not have a parent with him. And he brought a gun to school and shot his teacher. Yep. And he's six. And the school yeah. district is arguing that the teacher oh, is yeah. not entitled to any kind of compensation because it's all in a day's work. It's just the chance you take. It's the risk you take by being a teacher that you might get shot you... by a student. That's just a part of your daily job duties. Can you fucking believe that? Oh, yeah, Jean. It was totally on purpose. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yes. It was very much on purpose. Yes. He was very angry with her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this this is a kid who has a lot of emotional challenges. They've had a hell of a time trying to decide what to do with him. He's too young to charge. But, I mean, obviously this child needs some serious intervention. Mm -hmm. And now his mother is going to prison because she allowed him access to a gun and ammunition. But, you know, between this one and uh, the Crumblies... We have some precedents being set right now, as well we as uh, the parade shooter. Uh, oh, I can't um, think of his name. Yeah. Uh, Cruz. Is it Cruz? Okay. In all anyway, three of those cases, uh, a parent has also been charged because of their negligence and uh, ability, or their willingness to provide weapons to people who shouldn't have them. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I'm here for it. It yeah. This is what has to happen. Mm -hmm. Somebody has got to wake up to the fact that their children, that they have to protect their children from their guns yep. and protect the rest of the world from their children yep. and their guns. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Right. She's a teacher, not a policeman. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. insane. They'll never, they'll never get anywhere with that. She will win a large settlement, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just grateful that no one died in that situation. Mm -hmm. But now I don't, we don't know what's happened to this little boy. We don't know where he is, if he's in a treatment facility or what they're doing with him. Um, but, you know, mom certainly 
facilitated this happening. Yep. Pretty Very wild. Sad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Katie, we've got some stuff uh, going on in Coburger. Yeah, a little bit. It's a fairly small update, but it's an update nonetheless. Uh, they have filed a second attempt and argued a second attempt to have the whole damn thing thrown out. And I know this will come as a big surprise to everyone, but old Judge Judge said, no, bitch, that's not going to happen. So, it, I mean, filing for it once, that's just a given all, process, all uh, defense yeah. attorneys do that. But to do it again... Like, what were the new grounds that would make it now not? I I don't know. It's just it's I, ridiculous. Yeah, there's no way to make it make sense. And the mm -hmm. college is still saying that in two weeks' time, they will be tearing the house to the ground. And the families oh are begging them not to. I and just, I do not get it. What is the What is the big problem to leave that house standing until his trial is over? Why are we risking this? Because the defense and prosecution are saying, go ahead. We don't need it. We're done with it. But why? 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 Why, why should the jury it? not watch, walk through this house? I don't understand. Yeah. Well, and why should that house not just sit right where it is until it's all over? So there's no question that they have, that there isn't something else that needs to be looked at. I just, mm -hmm. it's so weird. It's so weird to yeah, me. Yeah, what is the rush? This isn't the first time that they said they were going to do it and then for various reasons didn't. And now again, they're like, yep, it's out of here. Um, I think yeah. they don't like the fact that it's the murder house, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, the students are traumatized by it. Nobody wants to have to walk past it. I get it. But at the same time, justice has got to be served here. Right. We know from what the jurors said in uh, the Alec Murdoch trial that it was the trip to Moselle that sealed the deal for them. Right. Which is wild because it was the defense that insisted on taking them there. Mm -hmm. And walking through Moselle, walking through the dog uh, kennels stuff is what convinced these jurors that Alex was guilty. Right. To me, that crime scene must be preserved. But we'll here we so are. Too. There have been a bunch of reproductions, recreations done of it mm -hmm. with... Um, the, the prosecution has done it. Now the defense has done it. But just leave the damn house where it's at. Yep. And just let this trial happen. Yep. I don't know. I The whole, a lot of things have been handled strangely in, in this, this case. case. Yep. Yep. The, the, the bodies of the victims were autopsied and released and to the families so quickly. I, I've been very concerned about that. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, you know, now then we have the house too. Like we don't want to run any risk here. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, my goodness, JJ and Tylee, you know, are just barely being released. Well, JJ has been. Tylee still hasn't been. Yeah, Tylee still hasn't been. And here we are mm -hmm. with at this point that uh those bodies were released nearly immediately. Mm -hmm. And that all the crime scene stuff, I agree. I there a lot of this has just bothered me. Mm -hmm. But Anyway, here we are. So it's pretty wild, but mm -hmm. I guess we, we we shall see what happens because this keeps being said and then backpedaled on, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Katie, you're going to give us a little update since it is the two-year anniversary of the Jessica Mast murder. Yeah. So let me give you a quick up or, uh, overview of the Jessica Mast murder in case you don't 
remember this case. Let's see, I did have a picture of Jessica to share. We covered this case very early in our true crime uh, foray here. This is Jessica mm -hmm. and her four murderers at the top. Uh, in the white shirt, we have her father, <coughs> James Mast, to the right of him, Mary Mast, her mother. And then in the green shirt, Ethan Mast, uh, he was a neighbor, actually no relation. They just had the same last name. And then uh, the woman next to him's name is Courtney. So yeah. in this case, uh, these family, this family had a belief that, that Mary was possessed. Yes. And so Ethan and Courtney were helping James with Mary. And so their action plan to unpossess Mary was to beat the shit out of her every day for about three months. And in you notice doing so, in the picture she has a black eye. Mm -hmm. In doing so, they decided that it wasn't good enough to just beat Mary. They also had to beat her children and also make Mary beat her children. Yeah. And there were three kids in the home. There was Jessica, who was four. There was mm -hmm. uh, a little boy that was two and a baby that was about seven months old. So Jessica died, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, Jessica was had been beaten for weeks. Uh, her very last day, and this was at Christmas time, her very last day, they took her out to the pond next to their home uh, in ice cold weather, freezing cold weather, uh, held her down in the pond and then took her upstairs and left her uh, naked and freezing to death on the floor of her bedroom where she died. Yeah. And then uh, James actually did call the police and the police came. And that's where this whole horrific story started rolling out. So obviously all four adults were taken into custody. The two-year-old was terribly injured, uh, but did live. The baby seemed to be uninjured, thank God. Mm -hmm. So it's now been two years since Jessica died. And we have been waiting for this case to make it through the courts. Oh, three years. I'm sorry. Three years now. This happened on December oh, 20th, it is three. Oh. 2020. Yeah. Wow. For the first two years, Barry and James were both out on parole, living with family. In 2022 and around September, they went to court uh, for a hearing where they learned that their bail had been revoked and they were both taken into custody. And they were shocked. Yeah. Ethan Mast actually pled guilty pretty early on and has been in prison mm -hmm. serving a sentence for a while now. Well, Mary, and I didn't know this until uh, I researched this. Somebody asked about this case in our chat room the other day or in our, in our group. And I thought I knew, but I did a little more research just to make sure. And as it turns out, Mary Mast took a plea deal in January. Very quietly. Like it mm -hmm. was not this, this case has had very little publicity. Mm -hmm. unfortunately. And you will not like it. She pled guilty to first degree child endangerment. They dropped all other charges, including first degree murder, as long as she testifies against her co-defendants in the case. She's getting Ridiculous. around 
five years. Yep. It's insane because we already have one that pled guilty. So really, you really need yeah. that testimony? Now, there has been a case, uh, you know, the, the, the case that her attorneys have pled is that Mary was also a victim, and she was. But she, she is an a adult -year -old victim. who yeah. took part in the murder of her child. Yeah. It's all so gross. It just makes me sick. But uh, because uh, it is today is the anniversary, the three-year anniversary of Jessica Mass's murder, we wanted to share that and, and remember her and also keep pushing for justice because James Mast and Courtney both have not uh, been through the court system yet. Neither of them have been convicted of anything. And we're really hoping that comes because, wow, it's been, been ridiculous, a terrible, terrible slow. case. Yeah. The fact that those two lived for almost two years out of jail, just living with family, and they weren't supposed to be able to see each other or their children. And people that lived in that community said that all of those things were happening. Yeah, of course they were. Mm-hmm. Mm. These were they Mennonites? Yeah, I want to say they were Mennonites, and they subscribed mm -hmm. to that uh, you know train the child theory of mm -hmm. uh, train up the child. I think yeah, was the, train was up the, book the child. Yeah, that uses you that know is, like severe corporal punishment for everything. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. They're the ones that you put a baby on a blanket and you put toys next to them and you tell them no. And then when they reach for the toy, you slap their hand and tell them no. And tell the they same learn. thing the Duggars. This mm -hmm. is the same thing the Duggars have done. Yep, exactly. Yep. Awful. Just, yeah. Gross, hideous, horrible people. Yep. <sighs> yeah. 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 The spare the rod BS. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Spare the rod, spoil the child bullshit. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Katie, you had one more for us. We had... Uh, kind of a, a big um, court ruling in the Jeffrey Epstein little black book case. <laughs> it's a coming. 170 names are supposed to be released on January 1st. Oh, man. Uh, his associates, some of his victims, some victims have fought in court to keep their names uh, concealed and they will get that. Uh, but for the very most part, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, associates are going to finally be revealed. Um, people think they've been revealed because there was some QAnon-y kind of flight log list that had been released that was not true. And so people think they kind of know whatever you think you know, table that for now because the actual real stuff is coming out. This was a judge in New York that ordered this. So we've been waiting and waiting. Good. Now, I can't wait to go through it, tell you about who these trash people are. Mm -hmm. It's yep. way beyond time that their names should be out in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Is 170 enough, Jessica? I wonder as well. I, I wonder. Yeah. If there will always be some that get held back. Mm -hmm. But we are watching with bated breath. And I think what we all need to do is A, Set aside our biases, whether this person is a Democrat or a Republican, whether they're a famous person or not a famous person, set aside our biases and also recognize that not everyone who ever hung out with Jeffrey Epstein is a child molester or a pedophile. That's also not true. 
I'm guessing Amazon's here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a thousand packages a day arriving right now at all. But <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting find anyway. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely be talking more about that. Mm -hmm. Yes, we will. That should be make for some pretty interesting content in January. Mm hmm. Yeah, we will be back tonight at eight fifteen Mountain. We still have Delphi. <gasps> Delphi, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Delphi. Let's hear it. What? Kaylin met Jeffrey Epstein. Kaylin said I met Jeffrey Ooh. Epstein with Trump in twenty or two thousand two at the Adnan John Fashion Show in New York City when I was a teenage model. Just saying, Google Adnan John. He's in prison serving a fifty nine. Life oh, for sex crimes, dear God. Oh, wow. wow. Wow, Kaylin. That, that is, is wild. wild. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yep. Whew. Yeah, it's going to be something. Something. It is. Yep. But Birds it's about time. Feather, huh? Yep. So damn tired of these secrets being kept. Yeah. It has to end. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about Delphi. So kind of an interesting thing. It's a new filing on Richard Allen's docket. So you remember when we read you that letter that another inmate wrote, uh, Robert Baston had written to yes. the judge about how abused Richard Allen was and how concerned he was about his safety in the jail. Mm -hmm. well, he wrote another letter. So here's some dates that don't match up. He wrote another letter. Oh, good Lord. Here we go. Uh, he wrote the letter on 11-23. Richard Allen was moved out of the Westville prison on 12-6 in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And the Department of Corrections still will not answer any questions about why he was moved mm -hmm. or what the, uh, who, who ordered that or where that came from. That is completely well, why he was moved to where he was moved to mm -hmm. four hours away. Uh-huh. Nothing. They just did it. But this letter was not file stamped or made available to the public on his docket until 12-19. So almost four weeks later. Mm -hmm. The letter is 10 handwritten pages long. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to read it to you guys because, um, well, it's his handwriting. Yikes. Uh, but also it's 10 pages long. But essentially, mm -hmm. it is very telling. He has very specific incidences of times that uh, Richard Allen was injured and who did it and how concerned he is about his mental health and how much it's deteriorated and how somebody's got to do something or he's not going to live through this. Wow. Yeah. Now, some people are, uh, you know, they don't put a lot of weight into what Rod... Rod or what Baston says, because he has written a lot of letters to the court uh, and also, uh, you know, is a violent sex offender himself. However, mm -hmm. they still have to investigate stuff like this, you know, right. regardless of who writes it. And he's the only one, it seems like, that's been really sticking up for him, you know, for Alan, except for those attorneys who wanted to. So anyway, very interesting. So you can find that on uh, The Unraveling on Twitter if you want to read that letter. 
And yes, mm-hmm. Bob Moda is going to go over it uh, or is going over the letter on his podcast, Defense Diaries. And he's done a really, really good job with Delphi. I highly mm-hmm. recommend keeping an eye on him because he's done amazing with it. But at any rate, this is wild. Yeah, it is wild. It, it's wild that an inmate would stick their neck out to this level for another inmate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it makes you think, kind of makes you pause. Mm-hmm. Somebody, especially someone like this guy, you know, because he's obviously risking his own safety by speaking up. Surely. Yeah. Yep. So we'll keep more of an eye on that. I mean, again, this is the case that is uh, the complaint against the judge is going clear to the Indiana Supreme Court in uh, in January. Well, I'll be watching that with bated breath mm-hmm. to see what they decide yes. to do, if anything, and if they rule or when they do. What's right, gonna and what, what they're going to do with Judge Gull. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So that's what I've All got. Right. Okay. Well, that's everything we have. We're going to be back at 8.15 Mountain, so in about 20 minutes, with our uh, watch party. So if you are a member of our YouTube channel, you have access to that. That live stream is already scheduled, so you can get to it um, now. It is, we always watch on Netflix and we're watching, uh, you, remember you watch on your own device and then we have a live chat open. We'll be chatting with you. It is Unsolved Mysteries, Volume 2, Episode 3. Please join us if you are available um, to do that right now. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's a very interesting case. has a little bit of a Christmas twist to it. One reason why I chose it. And uh, we just have a good time chatting it up. So come join Mm -hmm. us and be in the chat room if you're available. Yeah. We will be back next week to live stream uh, case updates. And we will live stream Chad Daybell's hearing on the uh, 28th. But that's all we will have next week. We're going to take a little break from our pre-recorded content and have a week off. Mm -hmm. And we will hit the ground running in January. Don't you worry. There's going to be... Plenty to talk about in lots of cases. So much stuff is coming up early in the year. Yeah. Well, Jody Hildebrand will also be in court on the 28th. Yes, she will. We shall see what she does now that Ruby mm-hmm. Frankie has rolled on her. So shall be shall be very interesting. Merry well, Christmas, Jody. Yeah. <laughs> we hope you have a lovely holiday. We yes. appreciate you all so very much. And you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care.